Welcome to the FinTech Australia podcast, brought to you in partnership with Tier One People, Australia's leading FinTech executive search consultants. I'm your host, Dexter Cousins. In episode 21, I talked to Gareth Gumbley, CEO of Frollo. Frollo is on a quest to help Australians feel good about money. Using the power of technology and community, Frollo enables clients to build their own unique customer journeys and value propositions. And as the first fintech in Australia to become an accredited data recipient in open banking, Frollo is leading the way towards a more transparent financial sector for all Australians. But before the show, I just want to say a big thanks to our partners, Fintech Australia. Today is the 1st of July, 2020, marking the launch of open banking in Australia. Fintech Australia is a member-driven organisation who's been building an ecosystem of Australian fintechs to not only advance the global economy, but have also pushed very hard for the open banking regime in Australia. Tier 1 People shares Fintech Australia's mission to build a strong community, foster connections, and support innovation. There's never been a more important time to become a member, so head over to fintechaustralia.org.au forward slash join dash now. Gareth, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dexter. Good to, good to get on today. I'm pleased to be here. Mate, well, we took, it took a little bit of uh, persuading and hassling on my part, but it's awesome to finally have you on the show. Um, so we're, we're, you know, we're, we're pretty familiar with each other, but um, for the listeners that aren't aware of Frollo, could you maybe share a little bit more about what you do? Sure, I'd love to. So Frollo is a purpose-driven fintech. We're really on a quest to help people feel good about money. So to do that, we built a really simple um, to implement technology that helps businesses, their customers and employees to turn around their finances. And we do that helping them use their own bank data. And so a little bit more about Frollo is that there are two parts to our business. We have a consumer app and we have over 110,000 consumers on that. And that's where we really where we test and learn um, with our technology. And then we also work with neobanks, traditional banks, fintechs, lenders, or employers to leverage our B2B SaaS platform or our open banking solutions. So they, you know, really they use white label apps or they integrate our APIs into their existing mobile apps or their lending processes. And then we help them fast track new solutions to improve people's financial wellbeing or innovate in a banking experience. So that's a little bit about, about us. Great. So it's exciting times for Frollo. We're um, here talking two days out from, I guess, what is the official um you know, go go live date for cdr um a little bit of a, a kind of first for you guys um over the last couple of days and one of the reasons why it's been so hard to get hold of you would you like to share with our listeners a little bit about what you've um recently just achieved sure so um we, we were the first australian fintech to become accredited under the cdr at the unrestricted level which means that we can not only use bank data, but also use utility data and telco data as that becomes available. We, over the um, last weekend on Saturday, I think at 5.35, we officially provided consent, a consumer provided consent, and we collected bank data from one of the big four banks. Um, so it, it felt like for us, a bit like being the first FinTech on the moon. 
Um, yeah. you know, we, were pretty, we were pretty excited. Um, and I think everybody is sitting on the sidelines waiting with bated breath for CDR to really get rolling. Um, so it was nice to see it happen in action and, um, Absolutely. and it's, and it's phenomenal. So it's, um, incredibly fast. Um, the data is good. Um, you know, it's, so it's pretty exciting for the team to finally get there. We've, we've tested hundreds and hundreds of use cases. We've, we've kind of, it's a bit like that Reed Hoffman saying, you know, where you throw an airplane off a cliff and then you build it on the way down. It's really yeah. been like that with CDR as we've, as we've really worked with the banks and with the ACCC to, and Data61 to build the standards, you know, to apply to the rules. And we all had our own interpretations along the way, um, and we had to work together to navigate that. But I think yeah. there's been a tremendous amount of effort that's gone into it to get us to where we yeah. are now. Um, it's an exciting time. Yeah, and I guess, I guess, you know, that kind of analogy of building the plane as you're flying it, you know, the risks if you get it wrong, you know, they're uh, you know, certainly within a, you know, a a fintech perspective, highly regulated environment. It must be very difficult to be able to go with a you know a, an approach of experimentation, whilst you've got all of those boundaries with which you've got to work in. Yeah, I think I think it really is. But I think you've you've uh, there's a tremendous amount of focus on making sure that what we are setting out to achieve is really protecting consumer data. So the consent process, the ability to remove your consent initiate your consent, have it for a period of time. That is pretty critical in the process to make sure that we get that right. A lot of time and energy goes into that. The screens that we use in the app, the language we use, uh, took as many iterations to get that right with the ACCC mm -hmm. uh, to get consent right. And then the second is then you know sucking in the data and then having it inside our environment in a safe environment to be able to interpret that and provide insights back to consumers. Mm -hmm. um, so th there are sort of three steps to this. It's kind of give consent, receive the data and then the third is now what we're going to do with it and that's yeah. you know that's been the most exciting and biggest investment for us i think post um, just getting accredited and so from a, a consumer perspective when do you think um you follow users are going to be able to see the benefits of um cdr and the work that you've been doing in two days um so we start two, wow <laughs> so in, in two days we start to open up um, so we've got, um, you know, I don't know, hundreds, hundreds or a thousand or so, um, you know, that are pushed to the top of a wait list that were created. Yeah. So they'll be the first in the country to do I that. I hope I'm on there. I think you are on that. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Maybe I'll bump you up a little bit from this. But um, but that that's really the the, uh, the process. So we'll start to roll that out gradually. Um, you know, we've got banks online now. Um, you know, our employees are testing. So we're all using it and starting to see the benefits of mm. it. And then we'll start to bring the um, consumers in on the 1st of July. Great. Um, you used an analogy of, you know, the first FinTech on the moon. I think I'd use the comparison of, you know, when the internet was born, not very many people knew about it. And, you know, it was, it took a number of years before it really had an impact. Um, I kind of get the same feeling that CDR could be following that same path of the internet where, not many people are aware of it, um, but it's going to have a significant impact on how we all live our lives. What, what are you seeing as some of the opportunities for Frollo um, as you kind of go live in the next couple of days? And has you got any anything new or innovative planned for, for users? I think, I think really, you know, we've been working in the space of helping consumers feel good about money for the last three years. And prior to open banking or CDR, we were using screen scraping to do that. 
So mm. a lot of a lot of the techniques and the uh, APIs that we created um, to work with core bank systems as well as screen scraping, we're able to leverage immediately with open banking um, and that CDR data. So really, that's about helping consumers, you know, sort of on three customer journeys. You know, the first is helping them save for something, so helping them identify ways they can save money. Uh, the second is to pay down debt, helping them manage their finances to reduce their debt and reduce their stress around their debt. Or the third is really, you know, those of us um, that, that just want to track our money or just see where our money goes and track our finances. Yeah. They're, the, they're the key kind of journeys that we take consumers on. But the exciting thing is with CDR is that we're able to tie product API data with consumer transaction data. And what that really means for the consumer is that we're able to see how they're using the financial products that they have today and whether it's best suited for them or whether there are better deals out there. And we'll be able yeah. to bring that to market within the next few days and start to identify that, showcase that capability. Fantastic. Um, so it's exciting times, but you mentioned there this has been you know, three years in the making. Going back to the, the kind of early days of Frollo, how did you, you know, how did you get the idea for, for the business, Gareth? So the, I had 15 years working in payments. So I kind of, you know, liken myself to being a, an old dog in the land of fintech. Mm. Um, and we, we used to call, um, you know, just uh, fintechs were really just startups or small businesses. Yeah. Um, and really, you know, that was, you know, I guess my understanding of starting to understand how consumers manage their finances, how they move money around and how they make payments. And the other thing that I did was sort of try my hand at consumer finance. Uh, so I felt that there was, you know, an opportunity to help people borrow money in a better way. Um, what I learned in that experience was that lending money was not the solution for helping people out. I felt that, you know, that if people have got a problem, the car's broken down, if you could lend them some money, that would help them get ahead, you know, help them solve the problem that they had. But the reality that came to me was as I sat there one day, you know, sitting in the risk department, looking at how we lend money was that the opportunity to help people is actually to engage them, them in their finances earlier in the process to understand how they could be in a better financial position before taking a loan and then during the life of the loan or during the savings experience that they had while saving for a house. And so I think I sat there one day, you know, marathon training, excited about the gamification that Fitbit was bringing to me or Strava. And I was thinking, mm. there's nothing that's doing this for me in finances. And, we, yeah. and PSD2 was on the radar. Open banking was a conversation. The whole world of digital payments was happening. And I think, you know, I just sat there one day with a piece of paper at the, at the dining room table and went, there has to be a better way of doing this. And it has to be a more fun way of getting people engaged in finances. And that really was when Frollo was born as a concept. That was back in 2015. So it's taken some time for me to, to bring that to life. Mm. And where's the business at now in terms of number of people, um, investment round? Are you, you guys bootstrapped? Or are you... So we've now we now got just over thirty people um, on the in the business. Uh, a combination of developers, uh, product management, sales, and data scientists. Being that data's probably the biggest ex, you know explosion of um, skill set that we have in our team now. Um, we've been growing our revenues year on year for the last three years. Um, we had over 300% growth, revenue growth in the last couple of years um, consistently. To fund the business, it was initially bootstrapped by myself, and then we've done three small uh, private funding rounds. Um, you know, We're still pretty much focused in Australia, but exploring partnership opportunities now to take us off into new markets. And the, 
the I guess the success that we had was really to use sort of the key partners that we signed, the banking partners, to help us you know, fund the business as we as we developed mm-hmm. IP and built ourselves out. So we work today with the likes of Virgin Money, uh, Vault Bank, a number of neo lenders like Speckland, a number of tier two banks as well, as well as uh, increasing number of fintechs that are starting to engage with us. So that's the um, I guess the trick was to make sure that we we brought capital in from people that we liked and we knew. Uh, as well as making sure that we were really focused on building a business that was sustainable for the long haul. And you talked about, and you talked about the team there, Gareth. Like you and I have had some you know, chats around talent and and the challenges that a startup has, particularly around attracting um, tech talent. You got some, you know, I, I, I guess philosophies uh, around leadership and um, you know, attracting people to the business that really resonate with me. We've talked a bit about, you know, sports and performance, um, kind of sports as well. What, what is your approach to the culture that you're building at Frollo? I think, I think it was fortunate really to have had the opportunity to run a number of other, you know, small businesses that accelerated and scaled really quickly. And, and I think I probably made all my, my mistakes along the way, you know, as I've matured. And I think, what that allowed me to do was really decide what was important for my blueprint for Frollo to be successful. And I think that one of the key things was making sure that we had a really strong purpose around what was the business and what were we trying to do, and then being authentic to that with both the staff as well as every organizational partnership that we interacted with. So everyone that met Frollo you know, has, a, I believe, a good understanding that we're purpose-driven, that we care, that we want to make a difference, um, we're innovative and passionate. And that really helps you attract talent. And I think the the second part is that the the market is small, and you know we have you know developed that relationship um, into the market, and that's allowed us to hire people that we knew already, and then bring their friends and their friends and friends. And yeah. so we've we've really done pretty well at bringing a nucleus of staff that helped build a solid culture when we were five or seven people. And then as we've expanded to, you know, the, you know, to 30, which is a really nice manageable size team to, to look after, yeah. we've kept that culture yeah. and, you know, kept that authenticity. And then, you know, when you get challenges like COVID and, you know, we all have to separate back to our home bases um, for a while, we didn't lose any of our momentum. We didn't lose any of our culture. We didn't lose any of our enthusiasm to make a difference. And that's, um, that's all been pretty exciting. And I think the, the final part is, you know, if you can if you can find some really high performing people that like to set an example, those with an incredible amount of energy um, to hold the team and set a good example, then that sometimes helps bind um, the rest of the organisation around that nucleus. You've been pretty brave as well. You've you know you've not just looked to the Aussie market, but have hired people who don't have any Australian experience as well. Um, what do you, what are your kind of tips to? Um, any founders out there? Because I think they, you know, we keep hearing there's no talent, there's no talent, there's no talent. What What are your tips to to actually, I guess, you know, find other ways of bringing in good people? I think, um, well, I think you, I mean, you use the word brave. I think you, or, you know, correct, you know, courage is good with both the people you're hiring and yourself. So we we took a risk by taking people that have experience in other markets and other disciplines and other industries and then seeing if they were able to apply that to our organization and then we just provided the the coaching the support the onboarding and the nurturing and an allowance of time to let them come up to speed yeah which which i think if you can just be a little bit more patient 
you'll eventually start to see the benefits of those um, of those teams, you know, really flourish. So, you know, we've been fortunate to hire some incredible software developers from, you know, all over the world. I think, you know, we've probably got 15 or 16 nationalities in our 30 um, staff. So I think that diversity and willingness to bring on board the, you know, an app developer that's, you know, worked on the number one app in Nepal, um, you know, absolutely gives them the credibility to be working on an app in Australia. And so that kind of, uh, that kind of, I guess, the enthusiasm to bring talent in and bring good people in has enabled us to build, you know, a pretty, pretty high-performing team. Brilliant. And it's, as we talked about earlier, exciting times for the business. Uh, what, what do you see as being the, the next 12 months for Frollo? So I think, um, you know, I, the next 12 months really is going to be about helping other organizations develop use case around CDR. So we, we've really built our, you know, our apps and our APIs to enable others to fast track onto CDR. So you can apply to become an ADR today, and then you can essentially outsource most of the technical and process capabilities and components of that to Frollo. So we can, we can really you know, accelerate the number of organizations that get accredited as an ADR and are able to leverage CDR data. And that is really where we want to see our focus over the next mm. 12 months. The other thing that we're doing is that you know, when we started out, we set out to solve the problem that you know, one in three Australians feel financially insecure or 50% of the population stress about money. And so we want to try and build use cases within our own um, consumer app that enables us to prove out um, those use cases to show you know the ACCC, to show government, to show industry, to show the ecosystem that there are ways and opportunities to help consumers. They may never know that they're using CDR or open banking, but what they do know is that there is a better way of doing um, looking after their money, a better way of moving their money, and a better way of experiencing financial products. So, you know, the average Australian today spent you know probably spends a thousand dollars a month a year sorry in lazy tax they're just not aware that they could be on better deals or products more suited yeah. to their lifestyle and i think you know there's a tremendous opportunity there as well as just um, building financial literacy and financial well-being you know, if, if we know where our money goes we know how much we've got and we know we've got enough to pay the bills you can almost take a you know take a big deep breath and know that you're okay at least for this month um yeah. and then start the next month fresh so that you know those kind of use cases i think are um going to become much easier to develop experiences around particularly with the you know the quality and the speed of the data that comes with cdr um and look i guess uh yeah you've been been around for quite some time um you're at the forefront of innovation but other than frollo which other fintech out there has got you excited oh that's a good question <laughs> um What's got me excited? It's the first time we've dropped this one into the podcast. It was um, at the request of our listeners. So, uh, it's, uh... yeah, no, um, I think I'm going to pause on that one. Can I? Can I? Circle That's back all right. To yeah, yeah. You can to... circle back. Yeah, yeah, yeah answers yeah. on a postcard, please. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> um, and I guess to to wrap up the show, Gareth, where can people find out more about Frollo? Sure. I mean, you can just jump on, jump onto our website, frollo.com.au. Uh, we've recently rebranded, so I think there's there's some good fun um, engagement articles, uh, white papers on there. We're regularly doing webinars now, uh, so feel free to reach out. But what I'd say most importantly, if you want to learn a bit more about Frollo, then reach out and talk to one of the team. There's a, a very passionate team out there, and you can pick anyone you like on LinkedIn, and I'm sure they'll chat um, happily and heartily about Frollo and what we're up to.
And if people want to download the app? Yeah, then just jump on the App Store. It's on um, the Apple App Store and on the Play Store. A little bit more features on iOS. Um, that tends to be where we, we test and learn first, and then we drop it into Android. So it's always the biggest complaint we get in life is that our Android app is lagging um, Apple. But, uh, you know, we'll get there. You know, just got, we need more time, a little bit more time. Good stuff. Well, mate, it's so good to see the progress that you're making. It feels like it's been a long journey, um, you know, this last two years of, of making this all happen. But it's so, you know, it's exciting to see that, hey, it's finally here and we're not talking about it anymore. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll, we'll continue to um, enjoy CDR and the benefits that it brings. But I think all of us will be frustrated that it's not quite moving fast enough. The UK is a good example of that, that they've, you know, they saw a tenfold increase in the number of API requests in the last 12 months. So these things take time to build out. It's incredibly yeah. complex. But I think the, you know, the next few months will be exciting chat around what's happening. And then we'll start to see innovations really come into the market you know, as we go into 2021. Well, Gareth, um, good luck with everything. We'll uh, invite you back on when you've figured out what the other exciting uh, fintech is <laughs> who you'd like to talk about. <laughs> it's, it's rare that I get, I rare that I get stumped for, on a question, so uh, well done. It's, a, it's, like that, it's, like that, it's like that interview question, you know, tell me your favourite joke. You, can, <laughs> you yeah. just can never think of one, eh? Yeah, yeah. What is your favourite joke? Yeah. Uh, two monkeys in a bath. One says, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, and the other one says, put more cold water in then. <laughs> Good dad joke, Dexter, to finish on. Yeah, I've, I've, that's been my go-to response for the last 10 years. So I thought I've got to, get, got to get something that won't offend people. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Good stuff. Well, mate, good luck with everything. It's been great to have you on. And, um, yeah, please keep us posted on the the progress of Frollo and looking forward to taking the CDR version for a test drive. Yeah, will do. Thanks, my friend. All right, speak soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Well, that's the end of the show, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks to our partners, Fintech Australia. Remember to subscribe. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and all of your favorite players. And check out the show notes for additional info on our current opportunities. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, or you're looking to hire game-changing fintech talent, check out Tier 1 People.com or contact talent at tier1people.com.